0: (laughs) That's pretty good.
1: (laughs) I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin in the last position. It's time for Uh. Video Games Hot Dog episode. One seven five forty six. Five forty six. Yes. So
2: 178.
3: Kevin, when you do yes. that, like has it been, has it been escalating over the years?
2: It, it hasn't. I go. I go different lengths
3: depending yeah. on my mood. I'm just imagining it. It'll eventually get to the point where you're like going super saiyan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, is it Saiyan and not cyan? I I've heard cyan,
0: super cyan is that color I mean, that you if can any actually us... <laughs>
3: see. Because... If if any of us had actually watched the show, we would know how to pronounce it. Probably,
0: <laughs> I did watch it for one season because it it was on right at the time that I was getting home from work, and when I noticed that that was happening, I was the <clears throat> The first day that I realized that Dragon Ball Z was on at the same time that I got home from work, that episode was also the first episode where a new villain was introduced. And I was like, all right, just as an experiment, I'll start watching this to see how – The arc. Yeah, to see how many episodes – because like it wasn't just the first – villain was introduced i kind of misspoke it was the first episode where the main character was fighting like the fight with the big villain had just started this episode and i was like all right i'm gonna watch this to see how many episodes it takes for this one fight to play out and it was it took like two or three months of watching this damn show it was the that's, m- that's most one episode thing. a week yeah or... no one episode a day
1: <gasps> yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, so like, there are single fights that last
0: yeah. two months. Yeah, like it was, it was like an entire story arc was just this dude fighting this other dude. And there are like B arcs of like, you know, the, the, the villain has maybe henchmen that the, that the good guys sidekicks have to go fight.
3: And the hero's ear really itches.
0: Yeah. But, but how much time? The, Cause the boss, passes. the main boss has like four different forms and ultimate powers. And, and Goku has to be injured enough that, Oh, I guess it's time to pull out super Saiyan. And ugh. uh, it just took so goddamn long. <laughs> if you if you counted, like, like how much actual time passed in an individual episode from the point of view of those characters, it would probably be, like, seconds.
1: It's like a and d campaign. Like, a yeah, round <laughs> takes up. an hour to, yeah, to so, yeah, resolve. But it Ex- except in, in this time. case,
0: it's because of everybody's internal monologue takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
1: Is that is Dragon Ball Z available on streaming? Can I watch Goku on my Roku?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's on Crunchyroll. That's let's, the only. Su- uh, let's just say
3: that I you can script. watch Goku on your Roku.
0: Let's assume okay. that you can. <sighs> yes, and yes, and <laughs> you can watch Krillin like a villain. <laughs> you can um, watch Vegeta uh, like a cheetah while eating like a, a, a che- Vegeta.
1: Vegeta. Like <laughs> <laughs> Is that... What, um, what, what's a fajita?
0: It's it's a vegetarian fajita. Oh. Okay. Oh, You thought it was something dirty, didn't you?
1: Well, I was hoping.
0: Like a vagina.
1: I mean, I don't like anime, so I was hoping that there would be something interesting for me to do while this anime was on.
2: You don't um, like any anime you've
1: ever seen? So, I watched uh, the first season of... Cowboy Bebop, Record of Lodos War, okay, mm. uh, and I enjoyed that that's, because it was just yeah, it was like some basic ass fantasy stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. It <clears> might <throat> even be the case that Record of Lodos War is directly based off of somebody's D and D campaign. I don't know yeah. that for certain, but it's possible. How do you feel
3: about Miyazaki movies?
1: I have not. I've seen Castle in the Sky, mm. uh, and it was okay. You
2: haven't okay. seen? That's the only one you've
3: seen? Yeah.
1: Weird. I like Spirited um, Away a lot. That's what people say. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the is that the one with the weird forest guys or is that Princess Mononoke? That's,
2: you're, you're thinking Mononoke. That's like, Mononoke. Yeah, the little rattlehead
0: guys. Yeah.
2: There are some Spirited Away has got all kinds of different creatures in it though. Yeah, oh man, do you think if an Asian
1: girl <laughs> was admitted to a hospital for mono, the doctors would humorously <laughs> refer to her as Princess Mononokleosis? Is she even Asian? I don't know what these movies I don't know what these movies are about. (laughs) Do you guys ever get mono? No. I think so.
3: No.
2: I don't know. I didn't like go to a doctor. No, I
3: was I was programming in high school.
2: I it wasn't
1: until college.
2: Yeah that I I wasn't until college that I started programming ladies.
3: And that was
1: definitely when I got when I got mono. I was like knocked on my ass and in bed for like a a month. month. Yeah. Yeah. And the doctor was like, You got mono? Here's a note that will get you out of all of your schoolwork. You're going to be miserable. For, he was like, you might want to, like, go home while you still feel wow. this good. Huh. And uh, I chose not to. I just, it was awful. Just you had, just powered through it?
2: You yeah. still went to class? I just, you, started, started, you were yeah, like, still, I'm going yeah, yeah, to kiss every girl. No, that was the only reason,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, that that I did do. Might have been fever dreams. A lot of those girls had horns and half of their skulls were <laughs> exposed and sure. stuff. Um, sure. It's cuz of the mono. I, I also read a ton of Harlan Ellison while oh, I was all f- fever fucked up. Yeah, no, it was it was probably wow. a bad a bad move. It was I couldn't help it. And then
0: I watched Hellraiser a couple of times.
1: <laughs> Hellraiser is good. Yeah, it is. I don't I haven't seen any of the subsequent ones where I think they really start to explore the Cenobites mm. as as action figures basically <laughs> like
0: yeah 3 is notable in that regard it, like the fact
3: that they are just so sparingly used in the first couple is oh yeah yeah, yeah like, like they're jaws. a real spooky thing as opposed to that's just a, yeah that's by far the most inter- interesting part of that movie and they it was they were in there for like 5 or 10 minutes
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they don't like they didn't have to explain a bunch of shit. It was just like right. what looks the creepiest and is the scariest and the most evocative of a thing without showing up. And what, you know, when I say it was a good movie, I don't think it was a good movie. But <laughs> it was not in the same way that like A Nightmare on Elm Street. The first one was pretty artsy as a slasher movie. Right. And then. All I remember about the second one is watching it and thinking it was terrible. And then the third one, I remember thinking it was really awesome when I was a kid, but that's where it starts to just turn into a series of vignettes that are increasingly just setups for Freddy to make a particular yeah. pun. <laughs> Which, it's fine. That's a I thing. Th- there's, that that's kind do. of admirable in a way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that. but that is a, a thing for a movie series to be. But, uh, Kevin, what are you doing? I'm removing a tag. I'm, gonna go to jail okay so you're just you're trying to eliminate some unsightly branding from yes. an alien doll yes okay
2: sorry sorry if i'm distracting you from your freddy stories where i'm listening the,
1: where did uh capuchin hacker fucker end up <laughs> what yeah i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> salacious salacious crumb you guys have oh, watched the guide to the races of the star right wars <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, hello hello capuchin hacker fucker i didn't see you there how. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's he's going to drink with a beer that falls out of my mouth. Ah,
0: <laughs> <Cool. Cool. laughs>
1: uh, Guys, have you done anything interesting other than video games in the last week?
3: I was. I have this MP3 collection, which in and of itself is weird these days. Like I've been talking to people and like they don't have MP3s. They just stream music.
1: I don't like, think it's weird to still have one if you're as old yeah, as
3: us. Yeah. Uh, oh, similarly, I still have porn on my hard drive, and apparently that's weird too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually still sometimes download porn. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Seriously. Because how, how, how are you going to keep it if you don't? <laughs> what if the streaming?
1: What? What, what if you want it in something other than garbage streaming quality? What yeah. if the internet
2: goes dark? <laughs> yeah. Because you're you're gonna be you're gonna be exactly. happy that you there prepared. could be
1: there could be a drought. This is the.
2: It's like. Some, People talk about this earthquake earthquake preparedness kit,
1: and you're like, I know what
0: I need yeah. in my earthquake preparedness kit.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I this desktop computer, yep, a coal power plant, <laughs> yep,
3: <laughs> but no internet. One step ahead of that, your MP3 collection. Yes, um, so there was this 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 MP3 collection has exchanged hands many times, and it's also gone through several phases where. Um, I I was trying to find a replacement for Winamp and so I was I tried like 4 or 5 different music players and they all like imposed their own arbitrary directory structure on it and on the collection and like a lot of them would like transcode the music to their own preferred format wow. so like all like a lot of these albums like I have 12 copies like, of now I have like, so I have like 4 copies of the Mollusk Spelled mollusk, the mollusk, mollusk, comma, the, and ween the mollusk. Okay. And, like, each of those directories has, like, flax and M4As and WMAs in it. Like, the only things that... The only time it didn't, like, mess with the album was when I ripped it into the OG format because none of the players knew what to do with yeah, that Yeah, because
0: nothing plays it. <laughs> That's safe. You should have ripped it all to text files.
3: <laughs> That's brilliant.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I never uh let any music player manage my
3: Yeah, oh well, I found out later like most of them at least nowadays maybe they didn't at the time nowadays have checkboxes saying don't fuck with my for- yeah, with my uh right. directory Once, when structure. I've
1: got too bloated for me to use anymore. I just I found an open source project called Cool Player. Cool Player that is what uh-huh. I use. It is like 150 kilobytes. Like you double click yeah. an mp3 file in a directory and then music is playing. Does it like-
3: have So I need a little bit more than that. <laughs> it
1: has it has a drop-down playlist okay, yeah, feature. That might be I enough. don't know if you can save out playlists or not, but it has like a how, queue. How do you
2: keep track of all of your TV shows and movies and podcasts? I don't have in that
1: app any. I don't keep any of that shit on my PC. What? Because I don't Okay, but, what if, you listen tell, to a but podcast what if you want what if you want player computer? to
2: recommend the next song based well, on your pl- previous play lists and the playlists of everyone else that uses Cool Player.
1: (laughs) I trust Cool Player to recommend to me the next song that I have drug into the list of songs that I want Cool Player to play. Hmm. Hmm. I say play it again, Cool Player, if I hit the little repeat button by accident. (laughs) Okay. I, you know, I know a lot of things have a repeat button, and I've hit a lot of those repeat buttons, but I don't know that I've ever done it on purpose. I went to sleep. This was a couple weeks ago. I went to sleep... And then when I woke up, I realized that I had somehow accidentally uh, slept through the entire night with purple rain on repeat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And my headphones were still in. So, the the Twin Peaks podcast. No,
1: that's another thing that happened. Did you you hear that story from the Twin Peaks podcast? Yes. (laughs) I was like, oh no. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) I fell asleep during, I fell asleep listening to one of the episodes of the Twin Peaks Rewatch podcast. Oh no. And then I woke up. After the spoiler warning segment, to Chris revealing Laura Palmer's killer, and you hadn't gotten, there, I hadn't gotten, and, there you, there hadn't, and the, you hadn't, you no, hadn't known it, prior I to hadn't that. known. Wow. That said, it doesn't make any sense. I don't want to verify it because if it is wrong, then I haven't had it ruined. For I mean, it wasn't ruined anyway. I also like, I really ran out of steam watching Twin Peaks. Like I'm like three or four episodes into the second season, and you, I am you not, peaked early. I, I did
2: peak early. Yeah, no. Can
1: I'm not you submit
3: com- that as a title.
1: <laughs> I'm not compelled to. I'm not compelled to watch any more of it. I, I think I will because I want to have seen it all. <laughs> but that's the only reason at this point. Like you're enemy, a completionist. Like Enemy Mind. I don't want. I don't want Twin Peaks to have beaten me. <laughs> um, Kevin.
2: Did I do anything interesting yeah. at all? You
1: worked a lot. I did.
2: I, uh, yeah. It rained a lot here, so I was sort of compelled <laughs> to just stay inside and work. I, I didn't even leave the house for a bunch of days in the past four or five. I just stayed at home and worked.
1: Did you not leave for multiple days? Or, like, you, you leave the house, you know, you gotta go to the bathroom at some point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you have to leave the house to do that? Well, I mean, I don't have to leave the
2: building. I have to leave the apartment, but the, the roof is just right there. <laughs> sure, it is,
1: I guess, yeah. But you go to the store, you go to dinner. To poop?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were several days where I didn't.
1: Poop? Yes. Hmm. That'll catch up with you.
2: Yep, it will. I'm
1: still ahead of that train now. I've been able to get away with that when you were younger, but uh, <laughs> nowadays, your machinery is more delicate than it used to be. Uh, Riff... Um, just World of Warcraft, huh?
0: I made some soup.
1: Okay. Out <laughs> of salad dressing? Is,
0: <laughs> no, was it, it just hot salad, salad dressing? dressing in it. it's, okay. I've been i I've been I've been working on trying to get a, a hot and sour soup recipe just the way I like it. Cause I know what you
2: can use for your sour ingredients. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so wait, is hot and sour soup actually just hot and sour? I
0: is, mean are
3: those the only two flavors?
0: Uh, it, oh, it's <laughs> Basically. You get it's like
3: you
2: get it's like you buy Jeff a bunch of mega warheads yeah. and you like yeah you fill it's, them up with hot jalapeños
1: and and sock sock tarts sock hot tamales oh. and sweet sweet <laughs> <laughs> Oh, always some... the
2: sweet tarts with a, like a broth of water. And no, that's you, sweet. You, put it, <laughs> so you, oh, shit. you that's need something
1: to cancel out the
2: sweet. Sour, sour. Uh,
1: riff, spin your spin your, your spice wheel to see what
2: cancels out,
1: <laughs> cancels out sweet.
0: Uh, cinnamon. See, it's yeah, always cinnamon, cinnamon. Cinnamon red hots. That's the hot okay. bit. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, my grandfather would make jokes about making soup out of ketchup. But he would go to a restaurant and ask them for ketchup packets and hot water. Mm. And he would make tomato soup. Out- allegedly, this is a story he would tell. <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, if Chinese grandfathers tell stories about making hot and sour soup out of... Like packets of spicy mustard? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <And I don't-
2: laughs> we went to a restaurant where somebody just ordered hot water. She said, like, you know, like tea, but without any tea in it. And so they brought her over a, a cup with a saucer and a spoon and some sugar packets and, and some
3: Splenda and, <laughs> stuff Lemon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: and we're like okay well i guess technically that is exactly what you asked
3: for yeah. <laughs> did she take a tea bag out of her pocket no she just wanted the hot no, water she just wanted to drink oh. some hot water yeah, was-
1: okay i mean like tea is not that different from hot water. In fact, flavor, I feel like that's it. Yeah. Barely has a flavor. I think that mm. I think that if someone were to criticize tea for being too much like hot water, I would be forced to acknowledge <laughs> that that was a valid criticism. <laughs> I am so, one.
2: I am one to get tea that has a bunch of flavor and let that shit oversteep because yeah. I just want it. I don't I, like if I'm gonna have tea. I'm gonna have your tea, tea is that
1: tea that has like corn syrup in it though? Like if you if you look at the ingredients list for the tea that you like, it's got like a bunch of added sugar. Really? Like, and that's why it's a tea bag. Yeah. How is that possible? I, they just put sugar. I mean, it, it, it's a bag with sugar in it. I don't know. <laughs> like they figured it out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but sugar doesn't have to steep. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to That's gonna really screw up if you're like trying to make it stronger by leaving it in for longer. It's not going to get any sweeter. It's just going to get the other. More, more bitter, probably. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I wish that it'll crystallize out, right? Like I could put a string in there and
1: get tea. Sugar. You get rock cardamom essential oils. Candy. There's cardamom in there, right? I don't know. Did you ever do that thing where you dangle a, something on a string in sugar water and sugar crystals are theoretically supposed to fucking form, but it never works? <laughs> do you guys ever do that? No. <laughs>
3: I think I've seen people do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it worked.
1: I got a lollipop, but when you bite into it, surprise, it's a fucking paperclip. That's <laughs> the worst what? prank. <laughs> I, man, <laughs> Wasn't my idea. 321 Contact Magazine. <laughs> it's responsible for all my friends' dental bills. <laughs> Did you ever read uh Penteller's Play With Your Food? Yeah. No. Yeah. I remember seeing them on uh the David Letterman show promoting that book though. Yeah.
2: It's pretty good. There are some really pretty f- funny things that like y- so you can get like a you get a big orange and a small apple, and mm-hmm. you you like cut a s you cut a hole in the orange and scoop out all the insides, and then you, like, force the apple in there, and then you just put this in your, like, lunch bag, huh. and you go to lunch, and you peel, like, you just like, just make no, like, absolutely do not make a, de- a big deal out of it. You peel the orange, and then you just start eating the apple. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's and, like cool. Sometimes people
1: are like, what? What?" <laughs> I, like, Penn is just enough of a hybrid of an asshole and an awesome guy, <laughs> that I feel like there is some hope for me. <laughs> like, that's a guy that I, I, he's an aspirational figure for me. Okay. I think. Um, Forgot what I was going to say. Did you, I, I watched
2: a movie that they produced recently. That Teller produced? Yeah. What was it called? Tim's Vermeer.
0: Oh, that's oh, really yeah. good.
1: About the the guy with the camera Lucida?
2: Uh, sort of, sort of, it's, it is not, I thought it was going to be that, but it was, it's actually a different take on, on a similar idea. It's actually really, really clever. Mm-hmm.
3: So I'm the audience proxy here, guys. Yes. What the hell are you guys talking okay, about? So
2: Tim's Vermeer is a documentary that, uh, that Penn, um, I think Penn and Teller, uh, but maybe just Penn, um, produced I think and it's Teller about their friend directed it and they okay.
0: produced it together.
2: Yeah, and so it's it's about this this friend of theirs who's uh, a multimillionaire um
0: who the guy who invented the video toaster.
1: Yes,
2: actually.
0: Hmm. What is uh, the?
1: Vi- okay, guys, I'm the audience proxy here. <laughs> what is video toaster? A- so in high school we used this. <laughs> thing. I, I know it's a thing you use in high school to make the they run the high school
3: TV yeah. station the video is it a, editing software it, slash hardware. For yeah, the Amiga, it right? is both.
2: It is a box that has uh, video. Editing software built into it, but also the hardware to like do it. So it like has a like a bunch of built in effects and stuff. I and mean, and can, does it have like you can use it to cut between tape. feeds
1: decks? And
2: I don't remember. How big is it?
1: Is it like the size, no, of, the it's the size of a toaster is that <laughs> Okay. So do you put VHS tapes into it like you do a toaster? <laughs> I don't <laughs> like I don't you remember. Do a toaster. <laughs> it's been way been, too long. <laughs> you've been
0: using your toaster wrong sack. <laughs>
2: Just like in a toaster, what you get out is a mangled mess of plastic. Yeah, and <laughs>
0: cancer gas.
2: <laughs> uh, so I'm going to pop one off the stack. Uh, so the guy who invented the video toaster uh, has always been fascinated by uh, the paintings of Vermeer. Because he was apparently sort of like this untrained outsider artist in a lot of ways. But his paintings are in many ways better than
1: anyone else who was contemporary with him better in terms of being more more like, realistic yeah more and, like a photograph
2: and in fact they are so photorealistic realistic that he like this guy was contending that that he thinks that there had to have been some kind of mechanical aid um which would both explain his like relative lack of training um and also how his style is just like very different than anything else that was going on because people used um uh camera obscuras all the time which is the just means a dark room, um, and that's where you just put a pinhole in the side of a room, and you like literally see what's outside it. Wait, do those inverted. words really mean camera obscure? obscure just means camera as a room, or? obscure is dark. Yeah. Huh. Huh. So, like a camera, the, re- the the thing that we call a camera that we carry around with us is from that it means room.
1: It's just the box. It's just the box. So a digital camera doesn't have a camera in it at
2: all. Uh, right. Um. So yeah. So people use that all the time, so that they would get the scene inverted upside down, and like you could like trace it, and you know you could you could create artwork based on that, but matching the color of the stuff in the scene is basically impossible because when you're actually projecting light onto something, it changes the color of what you're looking at. So you can't, while you can do that very well to get like the lines and stuff, actually matching the color has to be done very subjectively. Um, And his contention with Vermeer was that his colors were perfect in a way that like a photograph would do, but not that a way that like any, any sort of the standard sort of tricks were available at the time. Mm. And what he came up with was this clever sort of this is a spoiler if you're you know <laughs> if you if you want to watch the the documentary um was using well, i mean
1: the, is there it seems like it would be an interesting thing to watch even if you knew yeah term, it kind know, of is I mean,
2: so what he basically uses is this like kind of like a shaving mirror almost um and if you set that up in such a way that you are sort of forty five degrees off of the thing that you're looking at you can sort of move your head around and right at the edge of where the mirror is. And the paper, you can start, you can draw stuff, and you, sorry, you can paint stuff, and you can match, you can color match what you're seeing with the mirror, and you can sort of just, you just do this enough until you are like you can move your whole head around, and it just the mirror just becomes part of the picture, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. In what I'm saying?
1: So like you basically just use the paper the, is behind the mirror.
2: The well, the, the, the paper is behind the mirror in the way that you're looking at it. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: The so mirror is between you and the paper. Yes. And the scene is behind you.
2: Yes, or you, off yeah, to, you, you yeah. have to off to the side or whatever. You have to like do, you have to figure out how to like the way that he. The first thing he did was just hey, all he
1: made was self portraits. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the first thing he did was just do, like do like a uh, do a reproduction of a of a previous. But he tricked him whatever. by giving him one of those like mirrors for putting on makeup, and for a while all he produced was giant paintings of his own nose. Right, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um but it was it was super impressive. Like he went from, I mean, he he never had any painting like formal training in painting. He made one sort of sample that like proved to him that it could work. And then he spent like a year building a replica of a Vermeer of the room that Vermeer painted. And for whatever reason, he decided that he was just going to do this with like by himself. And he didn't like, he didn't know how to, he wasn't a wood, woodworker or whatever. So like he had
1: to learn all of these additional skills. Yeah, that's cool. I would, that'd be a cool process to watch. Sure. A montage of, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then he spent
2: like another year or two, actually creating the painting i mean like Skylake independently
1: yes. wealthy oh because of inventing video toaster and you, a couple other companies after that, that yeah but uh <laughs> yeah
2: and like it wasn't he didn't do it full time like it took 60 days worth of painting probably over that 2 years or whatever um but it's like incredibly meticulous mm-hmm. like work hmm. um but it looks like the, the final result is it like he showed it to a bunch of people and they were like yeah this is probably better than an original vermeer <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a there's a wonderful moment where he, he talks about at one point he found a point in the painting where he thought he'd made some kind of error because some lines weren't uh, weren't aligning themselves the way it seemed like they ought to. Like there was like a curve in the mirror or something that was causing a an error in the painting as it was coming out. And mm-hmm. he went back and looked at the original Vermeer and it had the same error in it.
2: Yeah. Huh. There's like a straight line in the scene and he, like, realized that he was painting sort of a slight curve, and it's like, ah, oh, man, this, this is fucked up. And then he went back to the, the Vermeer, and if you actually look at it, you're like, holy shit, this is also curved. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that this would have happened unless he, like, there is probably no way that this would have happened unless he was actually using this, the same or a very similar, like, process. It's really kind of neat.
1: Was was Vermeer himself secretive about his methodology? or A lot of people were, it? actually. Or like, like was his stuff not discovered until after he was dead or that i don't know
2: i like they didn't actually go into a ton of the art history stuff but but they did talk about how a lot of painters were relatively guarded about their like techniques um especially because if they felt like this would allow anyone to do it they're like you know they wouldn't be as sought after um so yeah i I think there is no record of how or why like how he was able to paint these things that anyone's ever found
1: so I guess it's (laughs) ARM. Analog. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) VRM. Vermeer, rights management.
2: Sure. Yeah, so that's a digression from Penn and Teller.
1: Yeah.
2: Which I don't remember how we got there.
1: You watched that movie. Right. Was that how it happened? I think we started talking about Penn and Teller after you brought up Penn and Teller. Uh,
2: No, I think we talked about how to play with your
1: food. Yes. Okay. Because we were talking about the prank about sugar crystals growing on a paper clip. There we go. Which came from hot water. Right, hot water with sugar in it that your friend ordered. Yep. No no
2: sugar. There was no sugar in it, but it had sugar on the side. (laughs) Oh boy! I'm glad we okay, where did that come that, from? dissect that. I mean, this is—I always this is, that's I something always, that happened in the past. I always
1: really enjoy doing that. I can't imagine that it is at all entertaining to listen to.
3: <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get we'll get some commentary and we'll find out. Double check our work, guys. Send us an email. Yeah.
2: <laughs> make make some sort of cool uh, drawing of the flowchart. Yeah, flowchart of our conversation.
1: Have you guys been playing any video games? Hmm. I, Riff, I know you have. Well,
0: I played besides World of Warcraft. I actually, I played. What? I played a couple of iPad games. Which um, have we talked about? Framed? Have was that? Yes. So, okay. I have talked I about it a little bit. But I couldn't you remember actually... if that was a game that I found out P- from you guys or not. I
2: don't know. I think probably because I talked about it as part of one of the IGF things. Yeah. Ah, okay. So yeah.
1: Doglord four twenty said so, some mean yeah. things about it. Really? Yeah. I I
2: started composing a response to that and then did not send it
3: huh. mm-hmm.
2: because it it is just weird to me how the bulk of the criticism of that game is I wanted it to be so much more or I expected it to be so, to do different things hmm. and I, I I guess that is a valid criticism but. I just, I just played it and enjoyed it for what it yeah, was and I mean, didn't, it's,
0: it's, just a sort of, it's a weird little maze kind of thing. Is it? Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a little puzzle game.
2: Yeah. I mean, it does, it does a couple of really kind of cute, clever things. And the rest of the time, it's just sort of this kind of convoluted storyline. I, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it is, I thought it was really well crafted and yeah, yeah. it was just really surprising to me all the negative reactions that people had to it. Yeah.
1: I mean, people have really negative reactions about a lot of stuff that's pretty good for what it is, you know? Sure. Is Gorogoa out? Is it done? I don't think so. I, where while I really like the sort of fundamental conceit of it, I don't imagine that I would enjoy playing it at all because Mm. it seems like, it seems like a twine game where you don't know when you're making choices or how many Mm -hmm. choices are available. And that is a, that is a structure of game that I,
0: Gorogoa don't is the one where you're, enjoyable. where you're moving the scenes around inside the picture frame yeah, no. yeah. I, I really enjoyed playing through as much of it as released did uh do, are there multiple options or is it, I thought it was linear maybe I don't I think it maybe I don't understand linear. how it, you're you're trying to find figure out how to get from where you are oh. to the next bit as far as I know
1: huh i mean I, if that's the case then i don't have any objections to it at all but okay. my my impression was that whenever i made something happen that it was one of many things that could have happened oh, that's huh. that and would definitely change it maybe if that's, that's not true
2: how
0: it works i don't know
1: but you still been playing some world of warcraft
0: yep i'm playing world of warcraft i also played um i've been playing your followers aren't going to garrison themselves yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, I've also played some of an iPad puzzle thing called Zengrams, which is the- uh, it's like ten it's like tangrams except they're allowed to overlap. The, what so yeah. so it's
1: like tangrams only well,
0: 100% think, unlike tangrams. It's like putting together a puzzle, puzzle except for what, the yeah, end it's what it's you exactly. have is a pile of puzzle pieces. <laughs> <laughs> so the way it works is you have these pieces that are like tangram pieces and you have the dotted outline that is the shape that you're trying to make that you're trying to entirely fill with these pieces and not have any spare pieces. Where pu- where pieces overlap they're like translucent so you get a different color where the overlap is and then every color is its own piece so if you take say two different squares and overlap them you now have three pieces because the middle oh. piece being a different color is a new piece
1: so you make venn diagrams and then you can disassemble and the Venn diagrams disassemble into them into, wow yeah. or con- so that-
0: conversely if you have two different pieces that are the same color and put them next to each other they become a single piece and you huh. you have a very limited number of of moves to oh, okay. to get from the yeah from the disassembled to the final shape, and that it it starts out pretty easy, but they become very Fiendish. yeah they become a lot harder, and they're they're selling blurb. I don't know I don't know how true this is, yeah. but they claim to be like the most difficult puzzle game on the App <laughs> Store, so <laughs> I, I I've gotten to like I don't know I. Puzzle number thirty odd out of I'm not sure how many. And I'm did you ever finish through it? So
2: paper rama, or did you actually play paper rama?
0: Uh, I did play paper rama. I did not finish it. I don't think I played. Was it that much the folding? One? Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. the folding one. It gets I,
2: incredibly
1: difficult.
0: It was I remember that real hard. Being really, right where I stopped.
1: Yeah. Finicky. It, like it just be. the actual getting it to do what, what like, you want. Getting yeah. so yeah. close to what the right thing is. Yeah. I always thought that Tangram would be a really good nickname for a penis. Huh. huh. That's what I think of when I think about tangrams. I'm just thinking about Tang the beverage. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like a and like a like, like you could get a pour a some in
0: an envelope and send it to somebody. Oh, that'd be a Tangram. Tangram. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm be a Tang Ram.
0: Oh, th- right. That's just an orange flavored goat. Yeah well what you do
1: is you, you hollow out an orange and put a goat inside it and then you take it to work and you peel it you just don't say anything and then he butts your head yeah, back like, whoa what the fuck there's a goat in office you're
3: not supposed to say anything
1: <laughs> like, oh maybe maybe get that guy who brought in the huge orange to deal with it. he's, he's obviously capable of handling large objects speaking of tangram oh that's the nickname for my penis <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing except uh, World of Warcraft. There's kind of an amusing bug in the uh the inn that you can get for the garrison that I discovered. Oh
1: yeah, I had that. What what's the bug?
0: It's Okay, so what the inn is is every day two new NPCs at well, two NPCs randomly pulled from a pool appear and they offer you a quest to go into uh, into one of the heroic dungeons and bring them back a plot coupon.
1: Not always heroic. They they I oh, do that was the first thing non-heroic? that I. I didn't. Know yeah, that. that was the first building that I bought, and uh, at low levels they will send you into normal oh, non-heroic sucks. instances.
0: Okay, so, well, um and part of it is that they're they're not daily quests. You get two new ones a day, but you can just keep them in your quest log and do them whenever you happen to go to that dungeon, and if you. If you finish one on a day when that particular NPC doesn't happen to be in the inn, they'll just appear in the inn for you to turn it in when you get back. And one of them, uh, one of the characters, the spot that he is supposed to turn up in when that happens, there's also just a, like a non-combat scenery rat that can appear in that spot. And the guy won't spawn if the rat is there. So, I mean, the the solution is pretty simple. You just have to kill the rat and wait five minutes and, and go back and see if the rat has respawned or the guy has spawned. But apparently that it, it was a huge point of confusion for a lot of people because nobody could figure out how to get the guy to reappear. And we're doing things like tearing down the building and rebuilding it. And But yeah, I, I mean, it's not. It's not a great story, but I just thought it was funny that <laughs> that the, the this this bug that is that this guy won't appear because there's a rat in his chair.
3: I guess they never implemented telefragging then. Yeah, <laughs> I got.
1: I hit level hundred. Level hundred. Level <laughs> uh, Level a hundred, and uh, didn't 100. have enough of the garrison resources to to build my upgrade thing. So I asked my like just random. Guild of people who will invite assholes like me to a guild because they see a guy walking around with no guild and they think, ah, there's a guy that could probably tithe. I have no idea if tithing is a thing, but <laughs> if, I might have signed up for it and didn't even know. Um, <clears throat> I was like, how do I get, what's the best way to like farm garrison resources? Because I want to upgrade my garrison. Uh, I got this quest that I, now that I'm level 100, I can upgrade my garrison to a tier three garrison. And, uh, they said, oh, you should build a lumber mill. So I tore down the inn, mm. uh, and I built a lumber mill. And then I upgraded the lumber mill without doing the quest that teaches you how to use the lumber mill. Oh no. And then couldn't do no. anything with the system. Huh. Um, until I abandoned the quest and started it over again. Oh, okay. Hmm. Like, I kept, like, every time I would try to interact with a tree, it would be like, you need a level 2 lumber mill. And I'm like, I have a level 2 lumber mill. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that I
0: I noticed, I I kind of ran into a variation of that when I upgraded my lumber mill to level 3 because I did not realize that that quest is looking for you to go cut down a particular large tree <laughs> and yeah. and I just wandered off into the world where I knew I could find some large trees because I'd seen them on the way home and those trees were not the right kind of large trees
3: <laughs> would you I'm- guys say that the the customization of, of this uh this section of the game is leading to like maybe these people aren't used to scripting for something so dynamic mm. or mm. like maybe their tools aren't as good like it's, it sounds way buggier than my memories of World of Warcraft.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that... <clears throat> I think at this point they're probably taking more risks and not spending quite as thin, thin
2: there much were time on QA. a bunch of mm. buggy quests in the F- Outland expansion the first time,
1: right? Because there were a lot fewer moving parts, though, then, right? Like, but they I would mean, try to do these weird...
2: like ambitious traveling quest things out in the world and sometimes the quest givers just wouldn't respawn after somebody completed
1: it. And so the, it's still so much better than most other MMOs in terms of like, I remember, I remember like playing the secret world. You'd just have to like ask in general chat, like, is this quest working? Like, nope. you need to transfer to another instance. Like, huh. you know, here I got an, I got an invite to anybody who's having trouble with this quest. Let me group with you. So it will give you the option to teleport to my version of this city Where the quest giver is not bugged out and Mm. shit like that. So, I mean, this stuff is all like, it seems like it's probably pretty hard to do. It seems like they developed this technology for like a vase to either be there or not. And then they've expanded it out to like a town is either there or not. And the town has hundreds of interactable objects in it. Man, just the general approach to the content in this expansion is just so... Great for me, at least. <laughs> like, the, realistically, the way that I ended up gathering the resources for this garrison upgrade was to, I sort of, I looked at, you know, I looked at a wiki for a second, found that there was a an NPC off in a corner of one of the towns that sold treasure maps, which are just, they make it so all of these little objects that are out mm-hmm. in the world, like mm-hmm. hundreds of them per zone show up on your map. And so then you can just wander around the zone, just finding cool items with little backstory behind them and finding little caches of garrison resources and finding jumping puzzles where there's like a backpack hanging from a high branch in a tree. Yep. And so if you go over on, wow, those you go great. back up this one Hill and then jump onto the roof of the inn, and then jump from the roof of the inn onto one branch of the tree and then carefully walk around the tree. Like, they, again they just took some of the like more interesting and novel things from Star Wars The Old Republic and just
2: but those are also things that people were doing.
1: Yeah. But I mean I think that's why that they that's why they, were they never supported That's before. why they supported it in in The Old Republic because they were like people like people jumping like fucking around and jumping on things yeah. like we might as well you know we might as well reward that playstyle. I mean what they did was sort of require that playstyle, which I mm. think was a mistake. Interesting. Right. There were there were stat increases. Oh, that Jeez. you would get by doing that. That's all they were, right?
0: Are those it, are those maps? Sorry to interrupt. Are those maps permanent upgrades to your to your mini map? Like, do those dots stay there until you get
1: the thing? Yes, okay. they do. Although that this is another thing where it's kind of buggy. They're only on the mini map some of the time. Huh. They're always on the map map, but it seems to kind of uh, go maybe back like and forth whether problem. they appear on the mini map. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Because, I mean, it's a little weird that there are all of these things out in the world that are, like, you know, there for you or not. Like, it's it, it seems like they are taking some state tracking that was designed for, like, an NPC and applying it to thousands and thousands and thousands yeah, of objects. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's weird.
0: There was a tree I was trying to cut down the other day that was on, like, right on the edge of a phase border in such a way that if I got close enough to it to cut it down, it disappeared. <laughs> Huh. And then I would like, whoa, back up, and it would whoop, just f- fade back into view. But I'm too far away to click on it, so I get up closer enough to it again. And it, whoop, now it's gone. What happens <laughs> if you
2: back up <laughs> towards
1: it
0: <laughs> and then turn oh, around real fast? <laughs> Those are weird, too, because
1: like I will be running towards a tree to cut it down, and then some other player will come in and cut the tree down, and then it will be cut down, mm-hmm. which is Weird. Well,
2: i mean if you tried to mine a node or farm an herb before that would happen right
1: although other mmos have gotten me unaccustomed to that yeah Because uh, is
2: it just instance
1: for everybody yeah. yeah yeah but you're right i mean that is
2: because so then in those cases do, are you seeing somebody mining a node and it doesn't disappear or do you see people mining nothing <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think one or the other, depending on whether you've mined it or not. Oh wow! In I mean, in like a Guild Wars two or whatever, huh. right? Where they're erring on the side of generosity. Interesting. Um, it's. I've decided that I don't want to run any dungeons until I've geared up for heroics because the queue times for running for doing regular dungeon runs are really really long, and How long? they have. At like forty five minutes.
0: That's about the same for heroics. Wow, how did that?
1: That seems really, really long.
0: It might be different depending on your server. server. <coughs> uh, so, so hang that's on. What I get on Ilaria.
3: the The queue times for is this like how long it takes you to match you up with a team? Yeah, because like you'd think the more people there would be waiting, the larger pool there would be to pull from to form teams.
1: Well, so the in good. In things that I consider good, like late Wrath era, you could queue up for Heroic Dungeon and be in one like a minute later. And then everybody just would kind of face roll it. But I guess that was because everybody was just farming dungeons at that point, because it was late enough in the expansion that you there were people that just running dungeons in like 15 minutes. And that's awesome. I like seeing that stuff. I don't really like interacting with humans a really no i do like interacting with humans i don't like engaging with extremely challenging gameplay systems Mm. along with four strangers Mm. who are probably assholes (laughs) like it's just it kind of sucks like if it continues to be if the group stuff continues to be like this then i'm have comparatively little to look forward to i think because you know right now i'm like my goal is to kind of gear up so i can do heroics but if heroics are like I gotta wait forty five minutes to queue for one, and then you get in and then you wipe on the first boss and half of the group quits. Right. My, and then you're just back in the queue inside the dungeon, like that fucking sucks. I think like, if I wanted the, that I would just go play Wildstar.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's Sick not burn, it hasn't right? it hasn't been that, that bad. I mean the uh the heroics are I mean, uh, they're definitely harder than the normal mode dungeons, but they're not that much harder. I think I think they've been tuned with the realization that most people are playing these heroics with four strangers.
2: I remember like trying to run dungeons with people with my shadow priest and they'd be strangers and we'd be doing something yeah. relatively complicated thing and I'd be like, okay, I know you're not going to believe this, but I'll be able to crowd control these two guys by mind controlling one of them and using it to attack another guy. So I'll take care of it and you guys can just deal with the rest of this. And they would be like, no, that's never going to work. And like, I would do it every time. But like, they, people just assume you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Yeah,
1: that's I, probably a safe assumption most of the time. My problem is people just don't talk. Yeah. Like, no. I, I always go in and I say, hey, everybody. Like, just nothing. Yeah, and yeah. nothing. Until, until like... We wipe on a boss and, like... And then everybody's just... Hey, what went runs. wrong there? We died. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you get, like... Every once in a while. I mean, and this was, like, in, in like, Cataclysm Dungeon Finder, this was especially, like, your DPS sucks. I'm like, okay, you got any advice? Have your DPS suck less, faggot. I'm like, wow.
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> <Do> you- <sighs> Most of the random groups I've been in have been totally silent. But, yeah, every now and then you do get... You did get one where, like, the tank will go, hey, sup, and everybody would go, hi. And then you, it, and that once, once that ice is broken, you get a little bit of joking around. But yeah, generally it's pretty quiet. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I think the, the heroic raids have been tuned fairly easy. And what it's, what you're supposed to do if you've got like a guild or, or pre made five man is that you're doing the, the her- heroic challenge runs. Which are two more difficult. I
2: understand the difference actually now, because we didn't have a looking for group. Like we didn't have a tool for it. Mm -hmm. So in order to look for groups, you had to be kind of patient. Well, no, you had to talk. You had had to. to, you to, You were in chat, like looking for so and so. Like you were already talking, and then you had to coordinate. Like all right, well, let's. Like how are we getting there? Like what. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was there was a bunch of logistics which required communication, so you already were talking by the time you yeah. got to the door.
1: Something also I realized about, like, when I would ask, like, hey, how does this fight work, and just nobody would say anything, there is just a thing in the UI on the bottom mm-hmm. that is a dungeon journal that explains how all the fights work in all of the dungeons that yeah. you have access to. Huh. What? So, super yeah. helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and sure, it, it even, it's,
1: it, I guess it's super helpful, but, like, it's also super... What? Like... That is wacky. I don't... Here's the
3: thing. I remember having to solve puzzles in games. Yeah,
1: I don't want... I don't want the experience of wiping over and over again, trying to figure out how a fight works, but I want someone to have had that experience.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is... Like, reading... Reading different sort of guilds' interpretations of, like, raids and, like, them trying to figure out how stuff worked was always really interesting when when a, a new... Expansion came out like that was, and that so that does that just not happen anymore? Like they just tell you straight up like how it's supposed to work.
0: Probably it, it doesn't go into a ton of detail. It does things like the boss has these abilities, and then it breaks it down a little bit by by role. So if you click like the DPS heading, it'll say. Interrupt this spell and this spell, and keep away from, you know, don't don't stack up too close to the other guys when the boss is about to cast this spell. That's pretty detailed. It's, it's they, pretty detailed, they... but it's there's more going on usually than just that. Like that's huh. that's enough to get you through it in a random group, but that. That won't necessarily translate to, like, the the challenge mode version of the dungeon, I feel like. You won't, you
1: won't be able to get the Chivo. Yeah, probably. For killing the boss in yeah, some weird
3: I, way. I, I bet that journal was created in response to the phenomenon where people, after they added the the group stones, whatever they were called, um, in response to people just not, not talking to each other and expecting everything to be quick. Mm-hmm. I yeah. bet that's what prompted the... Uh, the existence of the journal.
1: You know, I can't bemoan this because I basically never saw any group content until they made it easy and now I see a shitload of it and that's awesome for yeah, me. Yeah. I I recognize what has been lost, but I what has been lost is a thing that I was never engaged enough to actually participate in. Yep. So it's
0: yeah, I I I definitely understand the the people who have always been hardcore raiders being a little sad that, that, I don't know, they don't have their, they, they don't have the, the thrill of being the hardcore guys who, who nobody else got to beat the final boss of the expansion. But uh, I like being able to see the last boss of the expansion. (laughs) And I'm not one of those guys. So. So a
3: couple of years after I stopped playing, I remember reading that not only was finding a group much faster, but finishing the dungeon was also much faster. Like, you could be done with a, a an instance in, like, half an hour.
1: Yeah, that's often true. Once and, once people are geared up and, and running it just to run it.
3: And on top of that, like, if you weren't... If you didn't know your role well enough to do it at that pace, then people would get angry at you.
0: Oh, that's, a, and, that's another thing they've done, actually. Um, there's a proving ground thing uh. now where you um like when you hit a certain level there's somebody in your garrison says hey check out this proving ground and you it's it's basically just an arena where it teaches you how to how to play your role it's like, wow. like you're you're going for like you, it starts out all right do you want to, are you playing dps or tank or or heals and it says all right now you're going for the the bronze dps mark and it runs you through like Six waves of guys with some variations of guys with a very strict time limit on killing all these guys. And it's like, all right, so these guys... So I I only know the DPS one because that's what I play. But it, it scatters around like, here's a group of people that you're going to need to use area of effect to get them all in time. And here's a guy that you can't hit from the front because he has a shield. And here's a guy that will heal the other guys if you don't take care of him first. And things like that, and then once you've beaten the bronze certificate, there's a silver certificate, and you have to beat the silver certificate in order to to raid um, heroic dungeons. Like it won't Hmm. it won't let you queue for uh, for random heroics. You can get into a, a pre made heroic, but if you're doing the pure like random queue, you have to have the silver certificate for your role before it'll let you do it. Oh. I think
1: I wasn't quite geared up enough, but I sort of gave up on the bronze because when you fuck up, it starts you over at the beginning of the trials again, mm. and that is really aggravating yeah. to me.
3: I would have appreciated that, I think. I was playing a warlock, and I didn't really know what my role was, and neither did anybody else. And so I guess, in a sense, as long i mean, as long as I had Soulstone up, then nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but if, if I, I also like that because it means they've thought enough about those classes, like to determine what you're actually supposed to know how to do to be competent.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very codified that, you know, that trial thing, there is a thing like that in the secret world. Like the, oh, is there? yeah, there were just these big guys that were gates for the end game raids that you just had to be able to survive either a tanking or a DPS or a healing challenge against these guys to qualify for it and it was just a you know just do this amount of damage in this amount of time or you don't qualify kind of thing the The wow one is definitely more complicated mm-hmm. i have no idea what the tanking or healing ones would be like
2: yeah that's that's super confusing to me you have like a party like a, a party that appears in like their play play acting
1: healing is easier i think i mean i guess if there are just some npcs that you got to stop any of these guys from getting killed and you just have to maintain aggro on them
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
2: and then you're just getting heals in the background. While or I mean,
1: the DPS one—they they're not doing any damage to to you. They're just these ghosts. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just frustrating that it's like a six wave thing with like 45 second time limit on each wave. And if you lose on wave six, you have to play waves one, two, three, four, and five again, and it's boring. Yeah. It's the that's same a, thing. That's but a it's,
3: very ancient uh design problem with a lot of games. Practice though. Like it's the idea <coughs> I mean, is do, if you're
2: not they good they enough all... to get the sixth wave, then Maybe. you're still gonna you're gonna cause a wipe, right? Like does,
3: that's I mean, does does waves one through five lead up and teach you something about wave six? Yeah, because you could be
1: out of mana, you could be yeah. you're not yeah. ever out of mana. Like is <laughs> basically not a thing anymore in WoW. Well, that you could be weird. out
3: of whatever resource they have now instead of mana.
2: They don't have any resources if they don't have mana, yeah. or if you've already if you've already blown your cooldowns. You
3: could be out of soul shards.
2: Yeah, I don't even know if those are a thing anymore. No, they're
3: they're built anything. into the UI. You don't.
1: They're not a thing. They're not like an object <laughs> that you have to collect. Things. Oh, I, I thought like the... if you
2: don't have enough of them, you start losing buttons. And oh, stuff. oh
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> ah, that's good. What about the dots you'd get on people's faces as a rogue? The combo I think those points no, are still there. Those, those okay. are still
0: there. They actually they changed it slightly. I assume they changed it for both rogues and for feral druids. They definitely changed it for feral druids, such that they're not they're not tied to a given monster. Like if you get oh. if you get five dots on a guy and that guy dies before you do the finishing move, you've still got five dots, and and you can do the finishing move on the next guy instead. Instead huh. of losing them, that's friendly. Yeah,
2: that's crazy friendly. Because I mean, that takes it sort of outside of the the narrative part of that, right? Like, com- there's supposed to be combinations of things that you do to a single target, right? Not not some sort uh, of weird I mean, I preparation that you can combinations transfer of it over. Moves
1: that you're doing as though you were like Bruce Lee fighting six
3: dudes. Sure, yeah, sure. sure. Jim, have you played anything? I've been kind of obsessing uh, about um, LCD games, like Tiger LCD yeah. games. Do you remember these? Yeah, we just we made some.
2: Oh right, yeah. Terrible that's, ones. that's
3: probably actually why I was thinking about it. Come to think of it, um, but I was uh, there's a site that I forget the name of where they have a Flash reimplementation of a bunch of those, like the Game and Watch games. Yeah, was.
0: yeah.
3: Um, and I've been playing some on my phone, and just like that that particular restriction is super interesting to me um the the game and watch stuff still kind of holds up it's really simple but it it still holds up as uh like the juggler game is 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 like it's a super simple game but yeah you could you could i could see like if i didn't have something better which i do now (laughs) i could see myself like playing that on the bus for a couple of hours right yeah um i remember what what was that? Uh,
0: I was I, I remember going from like those the Tiger LCD games, and then I guess it was probably the Game Boy or something like that that used pixels, which yeah. I I hadn't ever seen before. And going, oh, of course, it's just Tiger LCD, except it's all these it's all tiny little squares instead of pre made.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the makes same concept.
0: Sense. This yeah. is this epiphany.
3: <laughs> the the best one. That i played was, um, it's called Crazy Bus Driver and it's a, you can get it on Android. It's a very, it's, it's a game where you are picking people up on your bus and then you go into the wrong lane to scare them and you get points for scaring them, <laughs> which I, sure, I'll play that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's got a good like risk reward set up and you have to time your emotions properly. Um, this is like LCD style? Uh-huh. Huh. It's, it's in that, it's got that same aesthetic. That's fascinating. Uh, And there was another game that looked really good. I think it was called Spooky Manor, and I downloaded it. I bought it instantly because it had that they replicated the the Tiger Electronics Uh, LCD aesthetic perfectly, including like the case. Right. Nice. And I I bought it instantly, and then it crashed, and I couldn't play it. And I refunded it instantly. (laughs) Um. But that's what I've been doing with my life.
2: I have not had a bunch of time to play games. I uh, I played I think two ios games
1: more igf stuff or is that over
2: uh they were the last couple of things the last couple of ios things i played for the igf one was um sort of an, an endless runner but you're a spaceship uh it's called galaxy dash um and like the theming is way better than any other endless runner that i have ever played but the actual gameplay is it has some like frustrating bits built into it. Cause do you just like it because it's in space? I, well, I mean, that's the thing that sort of attracted me to it. There's a yeah. bunch of upgrades. Like there's a bunch of stuff going on. There's a bunch of systems. Um, like you, you have a ship and you upgrade your ship and then you can buy new ships, which have different kinds of like different upgrade paths. And you have crew members, which determine what kind of power ups appear in the world. Right. And you can upgrade them. So that the power ups will last longer. um, and there's missions like it's like, a lot of the like the compulsion loop stuff. It's like it's got the, all that stuff down, um, but uh, I just also really like just flying a spaceship around. Um, sure. It's got three lanes. It uh, it's like it figured out. I think all the best endless runner games I've played don't use tilting to shift lanes because I think that tilting is just a terrible control in general.
3: The one that I really liked was ridiculous fishing. Hmm. That one was okay. Yeah, and that if. It worked. I'm not sure how they made it work better than any other tilt control game yeah. I've ever played in my yeah. life.
2: It definitely like it, not being a guy that you are controlling, and just being the lure. I think was 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 better. That but, was yeah, it,
3: probably part of it. Yeah.
2: Um, but this one, so and unlike uh, wait,
3: wait, wait,
2: wait,
1: wait, wait. Sorry, what's the difference?
3: Um. So
2: in mostly of the endless runners, you are like obscuring part of the field with your body so you're not sure what the like you have to sort of move around a little bit just to see the obstacles that you might be encountering and stuff like with it just a 2d flat screen where you can see everything perfectly you've got perfect information about what's coming and what's behind you and stuff like that right like um i think there's i think there's a difference that in that regard
1: right like so did ridiculous fishing just end your run if you hit anything or it depends like you got power-ups to let you hit a couple things you right? because you could like hit well, no, things. It was hitting things on the way down and then yeah. and then on the way yeah, up I mean, you is could when you, were... you
3: could get a power-up that would
2: let
1: you hit multiple things before yeah. you
2: so the when you the, the the vanilla the first time you play it the first thing you hit starts sending you back up
1: yeah right but you go down pretty slow is yeah. that like so i think maybe that like Nothing can stop you on the way up, right? On right, the way right. up, it's like an endless runner where there are only coins. And on the way right, down, it's right. like a slow endless runner where there are only hazards. Right. Like, I think maybe it is this, the, the structure speed. and the speed that differentiates it primarily. Cause it never would have occurred to me that it was the same kind of game, right? Huh. Cause it's not, I mean, is like, like I dig it is not an endless so- runner. <laughs> Right in,
2: in in Endless Runners, you are simultaneously avoiding stuff and collecting stuff. And in *Ridiculous Fishing*, they split that out into two separate activities. So I think that's actually a good that's a good point, right? Because like you want to avoid absolutely everything on the way down, and then you want to collect. There are most to things to avoid on the way up, right? right? Then like, you, wanna, there, you, wanna, you want you want to collect certain things most that things. you don't want to hit. Yeah, but. Um, but uh, so the one so the thing that that is frustrating about this is the tracks instead of being sort of like flat and the only thing that they are having is like sort of maybe a, you know, a right or left kind of transition. These are just in full 3d. So sometimes you are like arcing up and you just have no idea what's coming because it's like off screen up to, up to the top. Mm. Um, and so like there, there are like the sort of blind corner moments that are just frustrating. Cause like you have no idea what's coming around the corner. And so it's just a gamble of like what you're going to, um, what you're going to hit. Uh, and then another game that I played was called twisty hollow. Um, and it's, it is reminiscent of some other games that I have played, but I can't think of their names. Um, but the way that it works, it is a series of concentric circles, um, which get populated with, like, in the very middle are, um, little people. And then the rings next to them are tools. And then in the far outside is outside ring is like an object. Uh, so like, like oh, those are like
1: seven grand steps.
2: No, it's <laughs> not like seven grand steps. Um, so there'll be like a chef. And there'll be a knife, and there'll be like a pig. And if you line the three of them up, the chef picks up the knife and kills the pig and turns it into bacon. Um, and then you have customers which appear on the outside and they want something. So they'll, you know, somebody will want, will want bacon. Somebody will want sushi.
1: This is not at all what I imagined based on the name twisty Twisty hollow. Hollow. Yeah. Well, so the twisty is (laughs) a circle and hollow. It's like like the town, spooky exploration game. So
2: twisty hollow is the name of like a town or whatever. And
1: there's like this crazy mayor
2: who like institutes all these
1: rules. Um,
2: like the entire town is
1: on a lazy Susan. Is the mayor named Lazy Susan? No, <laughs>
2: um, but it gets more and more complicated, and it's it's kind of interesting. It's it's actually well constructed. I, I um, I really liked how it was put together. Um, it gets a little a little puzzly. There's like multi-phase things where you like have to turn a a, a cow into a steak, and then you have to turn the steak into a hamburger.
1: If you have right. to plunge the steak into a vampire's heart. Right.
2: Um, <laughs> So, like, not, it was not, like, amazing, but, like, it kind of had a, a neat thing going
3: on. Um, it, it makes me think of, like, Triple Town, except with, like, actually, different. the other thing it reminds me of is the crafting system of with with Loathing. Where, like, if okay. you had a, if you, if it was a Triple Town interface where you were dropping cocktail ingredients <laughs> onto the ground <laughs> right. and they merged. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So, iOS games. Did I, I don't know if I talked about Sproggy Wood at all last mm, week.
1: This doesn't sound familiar.
2: It's, it is a
1: sequel to Goblet Grotto. No,
2: it is a, uh, it's like sort of a weird roguelike. Um, it sort of takes the roguelike formula and, and breaks it into these like really small little chunks, these little tiny roguelike dungeons that you explore with different characters. Um, they're very like self-contained, um, and you can do them in like maybe 15 minutes. So that's like little sort of bite-sized things. And you can sort of do an entire delve real quickly. And then there's just a bunch of them with a bunch of different character classes, which have different powers and abilities and stuff. It's I remember
1: neat. when Triple Town made that game that seemed like it was going to be really awesome, but then it was fucking terrible. The road not taken. Yeah. The road not taken. That makes me really sad.
2: I, I think it was just not for us. And I think it was, it needed some additional balancing. They were talking about changing it, making it, the difficulty ramp a little less steep because it just got real hard, real fast. Yeah. It was super complicated
3: immediately. I never played the release version of that, but I played a, I I tested it and actually really liked the version I played, you know, six months ago or whatever Hmm. it was.
2: I I mean, the idea is still kind of cool. It just, the way that it ended up coming out was really frustrating. There were a bunch of choices that grated on all of us. I think all three of us were really unhappy with it, as I recall. Hmm. Um, because we, we played that as an assignment not too long ago.
1: Speaking of being unhappy. <laughs> the news. Did you guys hear that Cat Fancy Magazine is ceasing publication? I didn't hear what? that. But, but cats are still fancy. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are, but I guess not as many as used to be. Wow. Cats today, they're all twerking you can't be fancy you're doing that shit
2: is there, i mean is cat twerking mag- magazine doing fine
1: <laughs> anybody else got any news
0: nope
2: yeah i have i have not even i've not looked at twitter or a news website or anything in the past week
1: guys i have a proposal yeah let's just stop doing the
3: news section
2: here's a here's a suggestion why don't we just not do a segment and we can just talk about it if yeah, something interesting comes up yeah
3: well, well sure. you, we could also do a thing where like one of us is like responsible for the mm-hmm. news Ugh, that's terrible and i call not and it, and then <laughs> i call not it. <laughs> or so that so
1: i'm told you guys have a contest whichever one of you calls not it is the one who doesn't have to do the news
3: Huh. But if we all say it, then none of us do the news. Yeah. No, you,
1: the two of you, whichever one says it last, has to do the news. Well, but what oh. if,
3: what if we, neither of
2: us, either, <laughs> either of us says it? <laughs> like, well, then
1: you both have to do the news. Oh.
2: <laughs> We've got kind of an awesome, like, standoff going on. Good <laughs> yeah.
0: What's the opposite of a Mexican standoff?
2: Mexican sit in?
0: Hmm.
1: What's, I mean, what's the opposite of a Mexican? A
0: Canadian. Canadian, yeah.
2: Canadian
1: sit-in? Canadian sit-in. Oh,
3: the snow Mexicans.
1: <laughs> so this assignment, Enemy Mind.
2: Yes, yeah. by Shell, Shell Games. What'd you think, Zach?
1: Well, I beat it. I didn't really want to. <laughs> I, like, so, so what... This is, I think, the best way that I could describe what I feel like happened with this game is they had a pretty good idea for a game Mm -hmm. that they then turned into a game that was probably 20 times as long as would have been fun.
0: Yeah. I I wouldn't have said 20. I'd have said, like, twice, but yeah. I only played it halfway through, too. I, I just beat the level four boss before we started recording.
1: It took me, like, two hours to beat... And I, maybe not 20, let's say 8. I feel like there was enough content in that game for a really solid 15-minute yeah. experience.
2: There was a bunch of story to it, which was surprising to me, and I I actually really liked that. And that's yeah. the thing sure. that compelled yeah, that me the, to keep playing. But it was,
1: part, it was 70 or 80 sentences of story spread out over two hours. Sure. I think that's too sparse. Hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I liked the, the sentences, but they were far enough apart that I wasn't really keeping track yeah, of Yeah, it stops yeah. being coherent. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Hmm. for a long time, I thought there were more than two factions, because I was confused by the text that was being delivered to me. There are, though. So, okay. Right? Didn't you capture one of those ships and stuff? But they never said anything or did anything, really. There are those ships that pop in just for a second, and if you capture one, it's really cool. And if you beat a level with one, you get some weird purple runes See, where some of that text awesome. should be right. It's awesome, but like, fuck, if I'm gonna go back through and try to explore any of these things, given how just tedious the mm-hmm. it's just it there's there is
0: too much of everything. It's like well, I would have said there's not enough of everything, but it's not enough spread out over too long. Well,
1: a time. There's too much of every individual thing, right? It yeah. would be like it would be like if they took. Gradius, and instead of giving you a ten level game, they had one level that was the first ten percent of the first level that was ten times as long, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and you just had to shoot a thousand of that,
0: yeah like you know, if, the, if the each, those little guys
1: that fly at you and then there's a thousand had of had the next like, enemy and a thousand of the next enemy,
0: yeah, if each level had had like half as many waves in it or a third as many waves and And they just just introduce new stuff faster yeah just pick like the most interesting three waves out of every 10 wave level that that would have been i mean that
3: that would have helped oh by the way um i found out like a year ago like when i was 34 that gradius is a corruption of gladius oh Which cleared up how to pronounce it, which I've been wondering about for decades. Oh, Uh,
2: do you mean Gladius? Oh,
3: I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so some friends of mine made a game called Jamestown, and I was looking on the the shmups forum. By the way, how do you guys? You guys are writers. How do you feel about the word shmup? Yeah, it's Uh, fine. I'm okay uh, with it. Okay. I'll keep using it then. <laughs> um, I was looking on the shmups forum and one of the people talking about it said, Jamestown plays like a game made by people who like shmups. Which is significant because most shmups are made by people who like probably played Life Force when they were a kid mm, and right. haven't thought about the genre since then. And the genre is like, if you like, if you are someone who likes that sort of game, you like these days something very specific that enemy mind definitely is very different from and not only that like it's not like they knew about that genre and decided to do something different because it's pretty clear like looking at what they did that they were just completely unaware of this longstanding genre that hmm. has evolved over the past few decades
2: so, like, there was never a time when a ship was ever better than it started out as right like you would you'd get it, it had a certain amount of ammo, it had a certain amount of health, and it just got worse, yeah, right you never improved yeah a ship. well the, I mean that's the, the, the that is them-
1: interesting to some extent right i mean that's the that's the central conceit of the game is that you're using up like the enemies are resources, right. and that's cool as an idea, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I didn't like that your when you possessed a ship, it was like better in some ways and worse in some ways than when an enemy
3: was in control of it. That's actually something that really bothered me. Where like
1: it was always yeah. better, wasn't it? No,
2: yeah, you least... couldn't turn
1: left.
3: Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. W- and the enemies been
2: never
0: run out huge. of ammo. I yeah, mean,
1: the enemies never run out of ammo. That may not be true. If you run out of ammo and then leave the ship, it won't keep shooting. If you if it has it's if you die. leave it with even yeah. one ammo, it has infinite ammo to use against you. Oh, huh. Um, which is goofy, but
3: yeah, the, I mean, that's that's an allow you know programming this, whatever. This game required. I mean, they could have made it symmetric. Yeah, they could have made it totally symmetric. It would have but sucked it would have been, to take
2: over a ship and have no ammo. it
3: would. Sure, and, sure. And, that's true. But that's the 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 thing I was going to bring up, or one of the things, is that um, uh, the, the the traditional shmup is so completely asymmetrical, um, that the symmetry that this design demands was a really is a really bad match for the genre.
0: Hmm. hmm.
3: Um, and because you want to have one incredibly powerful ship facing off
2: against hundreds of lesser powerful ships and then yeah. crazy I mean, boss fights. speaking <laughs> I mean, doesn't of learning really things need to be that
1: powerful right like I man i guess it's, it's got to have better
2: maneuverability or something right so here's a question none of us tried playing through it without like pacifist style right
0: like not really
2: i, I am guessing i am guessing that the story probably reacts to you never killing another ship
1: that mm-hmm. is probably true but it takes so fucking long to try anything like I would really like to explore the story of this game as a Twine game, that I didn't have to play a boring, really, really easy, but super long series of shooter levels. Right. It it was like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Parts of it that were kind of hard, and because of the slow pace of it, I was furious every time I had to restart a level.
2: The super long segments dying was... D- definitely felt like a punishment, yeah, and like yeah.
1: it seems like there were just like zero invulnerability frames after you took damage. So, like right. you were you were so often fucked before you knew you were fucked. Like there also wasn't nearly enough. Like. Background art for as much game as there was. If they had, ju- if they had just stopped constantly throwing the same giant sprites into the background, and it was a starfield, and every thirty seconds you saw one of those giant things, as opposed to
2: what w- what were you constantly flying between that had a surface on the top and the bottom too, like that was <laughs> there was never game.
1: top or bottom; it was always top and bottom. Yeah, yeah. The levels where you were just jumping between asteroids—complete horseshit, like <laughs> unpredictable. Patterns of things that if you go off the screen while you're in something, you have okay. to start over. That's like that's true. The the ones where you
3: like you don't know where this is going. That was really interesting to me thematically. Like, yes. what does the screen represent
0: what, and what, in the yeah. world? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what were you t- like? I thought you were taking over animate things yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah, implied. Yeah. That. What, well, maybe so we've, we've, like maybe an we've learned something about rocks. Yeah, there's. And, a-
3: <laughs> apparently, you're taking over chunks of matter.
1: I guess, yeah. So then, why couldn't you take over the background?
3: <laughs> but yeah, why not take <laughs> over like the 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 dust between ships? If if the story does the story address this? I haven't finished it.
2: it, <sighs> it no, really. It's it's odd.
3: I got the human ending. I also got
2: the human
1: ending. Kevin got the human ending. You guys didn't beat it. No.
2: Nope. I yeah. I don't. I don't want to go back to it to.
1: Yeah, I don't either, and I and I worry that not enough people
3: played it for
1: there to be like
3: comprehensive discussion. A,
1: yeah, like a list of the things that are in it. I
3: Maybe mean, you just run strings on the executable, probably.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I part of it is, and this is this is going to sound like it. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is an asshole thing to say or not, but I am. I feel like this is a game that I could have made, mm-hmm. and as such. I think I don't. I'm like, eh, this can't be any good. This is the thing that I can, I well, understand how every aspect of this happened. It, well, I can tell so you it's not
3: don't. well made. It, it, I can tell you why too, if you want, but that I'd just be going into no, do detail. It. So it runs at 30 frames a second, which is just for the genre is unacceptable. Huh.
2: I like I, I. don't know enough to have and noticed it, yeah, that. Yeah,
3: I don't think I do either. I mean, it's it's just it's something you can just see is it because I mean, your because well, the granularity
1: f- of fast moving objects becomes an issue at thirty frames a second. Relative, like you, to 60
2: you need frames sixty frames, frames a second for it to be to, for to, 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 to for
1: meaningful. your eye to
3: track the object. Yeah,
1: huh. a bullet is moving too far in a frame at thirty frames per second. And, okay. I
3: mean, not only that, it it doesn't even run at a consistent thirty. It 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 chugs when there are a lot of things, and maybe that was like, oh, Gradius did that, so we should make huh. it slow down when there are too many bullets on the screen Is or something. They would do on purpose. It doesn't seem like it. I've I mean, seen. It just well, seems like I know that some developers have done that on purpose. I mean, and Eve does and, that in, in part. <laughs> in part, it's oh, yeah. In part, it's actually a balanced thing. Like even if it's accidental, it's a balanced thing because like that's what made mm, Kevin so good at the Binding of Isaac. That's true. Jenny yeah. <laughs> too. Yeah. I, I admit I took advantage of that <laughs> in the binding of Isaac.
1: Yeah, I mean, talking about it
3: makes
2: me want to go back and try other ways to play it, but man. it just takes so long. It does take it takes a long.
1: so long. This is what I'm saying. If it was a 15 minute game, yeah. I would have. I, feel like- I would have immediately started over and played it again to see what to see how to get the other ending. But because it was a two hour game, I will never ever do that.
0: Yeah, like other like. Like shooters like this, or or more bullet hell type shooters, like play from beginning to end in like half an hour, forty five minutes. Right. And the yeah. longevity of them is in playing to become good at them and get high scores, and it it seems like they've they've put too much longevity in this game misguidedly. Well, du- yeah,
3: and they did it by duplicating, like not just stretching out content, but they they actually like. There were some boss fights in there more than once. Yeah, yeah. That was a little weird.
1: There could have been fewer chapters. There wasn't so much story that they needed as many chapter breaks as they had. Hey, I have a question that's probably going to make me mad. Do do shmup fans hold up Life Force as an example of a bad game?
3: I th- I generally the shmup fans I know don't like the they they're not huge fans of the Gradius or the Life Force series, yeah.
1: And why? Is it is it because Life Force is like a shmup that even pussies can enjoy? <laughs> like, <laughs> because Life Force is one of my favorite video games of all time, and like what I what I got out of you like talking about this community was like, oh oh okay, oh okay. well, yeah. This no, is that, a, this is an opinion that would cause them to refer to me as a scrub. They they probably would. Yes. So um,
3: like. So, the th- the thing that, that bothers me about Gradius... So, I'll talk about Gradius and Life Force separately because they're different games. Um, Gradius specifically has a checkpoint system and a power-up system that leads to a situation where if you fail once, the game is over, over. Even though you have, yeah. mm-hmm. like, five lives left.
2: Because like, you've lost your power-ups. So you've lost your power-ups. You're useless. Um
3: yeah. Life Force isn't as bad because... You spawn in where you died, and you can pick up your options. But it's still, I, I personally, I am, I'm still bothered by like, I, I feel like they, they would have been a better game if they had designed the, um, the power up system such that you were powering up over the course of the entire game. Yeah, and you kept it between lives. Sure,
1: that's that's certainly true. But I mean, the Konami code solves that problem.
3: Um, it solves the problem of you not being able to finish the game, but. It doesn't give you back your power ups, and it doesn't make the power up system more balanced over the course of the game. Right, but losing your power ups keeps the game challenging,
1: right? I mean, that I I would argue that if the if the I don't feel like the difficulty of Life Force ramps up Mm -hmm. over the game the way that it does in Gradius. Like Gradius, I'm never I'm never (laughs) going to say Gradius. I'm never going to say Gradius. I'm sorry, you. It's cool. Gradius gets way harder than life force does. And that's why I liked life life force mm-hmm. seemed like a game that was that was made for you to actually experience the whole thing as opposed to a thing that was like, Hey, fuck you. You don't get to do this. Like Contra well, with I... three lives was like a fuck you. You don't get to do yeah. this. Contra with 30 lives is a thing that like my dad and I would play through in an afternoon yeah. and have a good time and yep. have beaten a yeah, game. Sure. And life force was another one like that. Like that my friends and I like. When I discovered that Nesticle had net play, I was like, "Oh man." And I called my buddy that I used to play night night court with. <laughs> at, we'd play I was like, "You got you got to be Dan this time.
2: <laughs> I want to be Bull." <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah I, I yeah, no, I, I get it. And I I th- I think the the people if if people would would look down on life war if they would Life Force, rather, they would look down at it as just not a very interesting game. Um, like, people who play shmups these days, they tend to be looking for like combo systems. Um, Life Force so- doesn't really have a lot of replay value in terms of like maximizing your score. Eh, yeah, but who cares? I
1: it's not a game you play sure. for score it's a game you play to see all the cool environments right Sure sure
3: and it's a, a lot game of you games play
1: like oh man in this part we're fighting off blood cells Right. and, <laughs> and then a there, lot of the, games wait, like we're in, in a single vein but there's a spine and ribs and that <laughs> right. weird what that vein was big what do we keep changing size <laughs> It was the main vein
3: Yeah okay. and and <laughs> games in the 80s were a lot of them like beat em ups were like that um shmups were like that these days um you have that that that's mostly the preview of the first person shooter where you're playing not because it's challenging, but because you're, you want to see all the environments and all the enemies. Right. Um, and that's, that's still a thing, but people who are still playing shmups, like because they like the genre as opposed to like that's what was there, are people who are into it for these very specific reasons.
1: Sure. And, I mean, Enemy Mind is kind of the worst of both worlds in this regard, (laughs) right? Like, it doesn't have the specific things that make modern shmups good, but it also doesn't have the varied environments that would justify its length. Like, I would argue that there is effectively no variation in the environments Mm. of Enemy Mind.
3: I did not notice any.
1: Like, all of the levels have different sprites in the background, but they're very, very similar and There was there was one that was like a an
2: area of like ruined ships space station stuff. stuff, yeah. But And then there was the 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 big bouldery asteroid things and then just the Starfield. Like it's there is some variation, but it is Just not enough. Okay.
1: I mean Gradius was great in that regard. Like you get to the Moais and you're like, "Whoa, f- fuck those fucking things. What are those even called?" Because you don't know. You don't have Wikipedia because you're <laughs> nine and it's like 1987. And it, it, there's the Moai heads and the the like. You figure, oh, if you shoot them in the mouth, they blow up. It's awesome. Like, yep. Life Force was just better in that of, regard. Like oh, now we're
3: cool shit in those games. Now we're
1: inside the sun <laughs> and there are these flares. Right. I mean, I remember like. Seeing a, a screenshot in Nintendo Power of Life Force of one of those flares in the fire level and thinking like that is the biggest thing I've ever seen in a Nintendo game. Like <laughs> that is the big like because I had not gotten far enough into Mega Man yet to know that to know the trick of like using the background to to render large objects. Yeah, but the flare was animated.
3: Yeah. So that was they used the the it was it was in the background, but it was still like a moving object. Well, sure,
1: but so was like the big bubble guy, and you know, so are a lot of the really large enemies in Mega Man. Yeah, right. And it was like only their head is only their head has collision and right, right, will damage you if you hit it and stuff like that. But yeah,
0: are still <clears throat> are people like are our shooter fans, Jim, still making it into these? Like nemesis and r type and gradius type games, or has the state of the art pretty much the, like these spare the the older sparser games, or has it the, all moved towards like the the bullet hell pattern? The, the bullet
3: hell is 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 the 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 dominant form by far. Yeah. the The interesting dichotomy for me is um, games that are uh, vertical that scroll vertically mm-hmm. and games that scroll horizontally. Uh, the games that scroll horizontally tend to have terrain that you can hit, and and right. and take cover behind. it. the games that scroll vertically tend to not. Um, which is a, and I'm not really sure why that is, aside from just like, it makes it makes a certain amount of cognitive sense. Yeah. Like, if you want to be
1: able to, if you want the ground to be there, yeah, that's true. Then,
3: that's true. You know, um, and also. Games that scroll vertically tend to um have more complicated bullet patterns, and I think that's actually just that your perspective on a side view game um you're you have to constantly correct for your instinct to assume that gravity is going to be affecting the bullets huh. hmm. so I think you actually have a harder time tracking objects um, I forget what your question was <laughs> oh.
1: do people are are people making? I think I think maybe what Riff is getting at are people making shmups that look cool, or are they making Ikaruga <laughs> <laughs> over and over yeah, again? No, yeah.
0: My, my question was really it was it was more in terms of like has has the bullet hell stuff like like I forget the name of the series that's all anime maids that are demons shooting giant screen full bullets. Toho. Are, yeah. Or are, are the have the have the Toho style games basically replaced. The, the R-type style games.
3: Yeah, no, that that form is is definitely dominant. Because
1: Jamestown is like that, right? I mean, Jamestown is like cute art. Mm-hmm. Like cartoony, as opposed to like...
3: Yeah, that was inspired by like Final Fantasy art, yeah. right? Um, God, that's an, like just another
1: in my long list of grievances of enemy mind. The, the low-res... Pixel art ships, which look great, mm-hmm. then combined with just super high res particle effects hmm. and shots that, like, it just it looked just
3: raw. Like the the bad. clash of the two. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, notice that I didn't personally. notice
0: it either. Maybe if I saw like a static screenshot, I would pick that up because that's definitely something I notice in screenshots. If if some pick if like. Part of a screen of pixel art has larger pixels than a different thing in the same screen. That really bugs me. But
1: I played the squid ship it. a lot, and being that ship and shooting that ship's bullets constantly created like the, that the wavy one. Which one's the yeah, squid? yeah, the wavy. Yeah, it's the squid. the The one that just looks like a squid. I think it's called squid, and it shoots the wavy. Bullets. Oh, right. they actually
2: had names. I and forgot about when the that.
1: It didn't look as bad when the enemies were doing it because they were moving slower, but it just, it would create these like square bullet, but with trying like sort of triangular tails behind it that just because of the way that they moved and the way that they looked and because they were constantly overlapping your really coarse grain pixel art ship is just, ah, drove me nuts. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't so bad with like the bombs that would explode in perfect circles instead of like pixelated circles, like whatever, but and that, like the, there wasn't enough detail in the, the background things. Like they're just so, they just looked unfinished. They looked like the outline of something that hadn't been finished by an artist yet. I don't know.
2: Weird. <sighs> I did not notice that at all. It it visually did not seem like a crazily like compelling also to me, but on
1: your laptop. Yes. Right. And I was playing it on my gigantic monitor. So that's true. I think it, very different those experience. variations were more apparent thrown into sharper relief the bigger the screen got yeah, man game, our next assignment <laughs> i think th- this is an example to me of a of a game that i would say is a bad game but that has a good game inside it if you just stripped out a bunch of the parts that <laughs> make it bad it might not be a good shmup you know, you might not be yeah. you might not be able to turn it into a game that the people on those forums are gonna like. But Life Force is not that game, so fuck those people. <laughs> you might have been, I, You might. I think I, you could turn this into a game that I, as a lifelong fan of Life
3: Force and Night Court, could I, enjoy. I do think that the um, the taking over the enemy idea has a lot of promise. Yeah. Um, did you play the prototype version, or did that not unlock until you beat it? I did not play
1: the prototype version they had a they had a readout on the screen that was your level of corruption, and the huh. more time that you spent in squid ships, the higher your corruption would get, and the more time you spent in human ships, the lower it would get huh. and I don't know if like you blew up if you got to an extreme or what interesting um
0: maybe that's maybe that was to determine what ending you got,
1: yeah, I mean that could have been how they were tracking it, yeah.
0: I didn't think that I spent most would... of my
1: time in human ships. Every time it told me what my favorite ship was, I was like, "No, that was not my favorite." I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're basing that on, but
3: oh, you loved that asteroid.
2: <laughs> I liked the ships that had the vertical lightning bolts. Mm-hmm. Those, nice.
1: I, those, you seem to be able to collide with a lot of stuff without taking damage in those. Yeah. <laughs> they just was... had a lot of hit points. Yeah,
0: they just had to because they were so tall. I so, like the machine gun ships.
3: We we yeah, played this game because it was. Shell games. Yeah, what else have they made that I
0: I don't know?
3: Yeah, it's it's Jesse. I have a lot of respect for Jesse Shell because of the book that he wrote, which is really
2: thought provoking. That's what I was like. That's what I was really curious. I was like, okay, this is a game by somebody who was like thought a lot about the thought a lot about the theory of game making.
1: And so, yeah, but I mean, Jesse shell was just an executive producer on this, right? Like there was a guy who was the designer and programmer sure. and shell games is but, a fucking huge company. But yeah, even
3: if fun. you took that ethos, um, if you took that ethos, uh, design ethos, that is not going to lead you to make a good example of a very, oh, like a fossil genre, like the sure. shop is, that's interesting. Well, what's our next
1: assignment? I forgot what it's called. Munin? Muni. Muni. Oh, you take the N. Yeah. Muni. M U N I N. Over to Butteboro Hill.
2: It is on sale for a couple days on Steam for a uh, couple so, dollars. On Steam. For, yeah, it's like seventy five percent off, so it's like two two bucks and fifty cents. I, it is yeah, uh, some kind of puzzly platformy thing. It's kind of like got a painterly style. Apparently, you're doing some sort of like world rotating thing. Okay. To to uh, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I didn't get a chance to look at it uh, before before recording, so I have no idea what I'm getting into here. <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I think neither do we. Really, we'll we'll figure it out. Okay.
1: You guys want to do some listeners' mails? Of sure, Let's do it. Uh, Theorem writes, Hey guys, regarding your discussion of Groundhog Day, the 10,000 years idea is from an earlier version of the script where the main character achieves a more zen-like state. I believe this was before Bill Murray was attached and it may have been under consideration as a more serious film. In the final version, it was condensed to 10,000 days. Mm. Hmm. Longtime listener, as a Jim myself, I'm excited for you guys to finally have a (laughs) Jim on the radio again. Hi, Jim. Uh, let's see. Somebody sent a very long email about, uh, reasons why people might get... Uh, East and West confused and not North and South. That's cool.
2: I wait, uh, the, my favorite anecdote about groundhog day is when they like in the script that they, they had, the plan was to, for Bill Murray to take a chainsaw and just go nuts in the hotel room and then wake up and have everything restored but they instead went with the alternate cut, which was the breaking the pencil in half and having that be restored. And it was just like so much
1: better. But there is a scene where he goes nuts with a chainsaw. In the hotel room? Yeah. I don't remember that.
2: I don't remember that either. Huh. I think you're thinking of the fact that it was described, but they instead went with the...
1: Yeah. Maybe maybe this is like the sandstorm in... Uh, Dune? In Return of the Jedi. <laughs> that... I, it was in my storybook, oh, Return right. of the Jedi uh, as a kid, but oh. and in the novelization of Return of the Jedi that I read as a kid, but was not actually in the movie. And so I just constructed a movie scene. They're serious. I'm almost sure that there is a scene in Groundhog Day where Bill Murray cuts up his hotel room with a chainsaw. No. Huh?
2: That is not my memory of it.
1: I remember uh, he learned to do ice sculpture with right, a chainsaw. Yeah,
2: he had a chainsaw,
1: but. Hmm. Well, he was staying in that ice hotel in Sweden, right? Right. <laughs> yes. Andrew Sparks writes, uh, regarding a uh, wizard's lizard. Uh, the Light World, Dark World, in A Wizard's Lizard, as mentioned in episode 176, isn't core to the main game as such, but it's core to unlocking content. In the main game, if you die, you return to life, but there are more monsters. You're effectively given an extra extra shot at winning with a full health refill, but this time it's harder. There are areas, one per unique environment, where you can resurrect with reduced health. While you're alive, you see the Dark World enemies as ghosts, and when you're dead, they become solid, and you're also a ghost throwing ghost swords at sweet ghost skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a chain of collectible items that you can only find if you're alive or dead at particular times. Oh, huh. So there's like a spell lunky-style unlock thing that's requires you to toggle back and forth. Unfortunately, he says, most of the game is rather difficult, and most of the items amount to stat upgrades. so it's hard to get lucky and find an overpowered Binding of Isaac-style combo. Juggling between being alive and dead at the correct moment tends to be difficult to do on purpose. Um, fun game, though. It was enough to tide me on until Rebirth was released.
2: Is there, is there any way to condense the east-west-north-south thing?
1: Uh, I would have to... I would have to read it all.
2: Okay. Because I'm curious about that. I mean, it's yeah. a lot...
3: Harder to confuse up and down than left and right. Like that seems like it's enough for me. It's weird though.
2: Like, like, why is that?
3: Because well, we have a frame of reference for gravity. Yes, I mean, I, I think it's because you fall down, so you don't forget what that is.
2: Huh. What, mean, if, what if
3: you always fell left? Then <laughs> you would remember left.
2: Okay. All right.
1: Jonathan Cruz writes,
2: "Fell east." <laughs> yeah, sure.
3: I only fall east. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> The ISS, right? Seems is like a <laughs>
1: terrible nightmare. <laughs> uh listening to video game South Talk 175 and heard Zach mention a seriously implanty Satanist guy. Was he talking about Nyarlathotep Diabolus Rex? I was, in fact, having looked up this guy. I hope so. He's a pretty wacky dude. Ended up leaving the Church of Satan because it wasn't insane enough. (laughs) Uh, Heard about him when he did a talk at Esso Zone in Portland, talking about how he constructed a Ragnarok machine to bring about the end of the world and how enemy forces and angels kept trying to sabotage him. Some merry Discordian pranksters who happened to be in the audience ended up spending time sprinkling random, sinister, occult-looking mechanisms around his workshop after the event to further his paranoia of mystical opposition. Anyhow, that's my... (laughs) That's my mediocre story. That's a pretty good story.
3: I'm pleased that you knew how to pronounce Nyarlathotep, but I'm a little sad I didn't get to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> I say Nyarlathotep,
2: so
0: Okay. You can, I can correct, correct you me later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, sort I mean despite the difference between them myself. I think it's gotta okay. be
1: Hotep because of am Hotep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and it's a I it's recognize a that, like, it,
0: but I'm too old to change. <laughs> sure. I know.
1: I just didn't have any idea of how to pronounce it until I thought about it for a while. And as a, like I mean I encountered it the first time reading the story instead of hearing other people talking about it, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mostly read that email to demonstrate my cool ability to
3: pronounce it. <laughs> that. that was your cool guy move.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Robbie says, "I was listening to the show recently with my girlfriend, who is not a gamer. She asked me if there are celebrities in the game industry similar to the film and music industry. This started a conversation about who are the video game celebrity equivalents are, use, are using examples she would understand. The best one I could come up with was Phil Fish and Shia LeBeouf. Please discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Phil Fish is the Shia LeBeouf of movies? Oh,
2: wow. Uh. Hmm. That Shia LaBeouf, uh He's been going crazy. a, can- a thing
0: recently, isn't he?"
2: Have you seen seen the Rob Cantor music video? Yeah, I'm trying to fit
3: that into Phil Fish's career. Yeah, no, that's... I don't know
1: know that I actually believe that's a... Like... You don't believe believe that it... What? I I think that more American moviegoers know who Shia LaBeouf is than American video game players know who Phil Fish is.
3: Well, certainly, but that's in part because we don't really have celebrity culture.
1: Right, but I... He's asking for. He's asking. Th- that was the best version of this like metaphor that he could come yeah. up with. So like two video games. I don't know. Th- I mean, I would say that two video games maybe.
2: I mean, Mario is a star. <laughs> no, I mean seriously. <laughs> it, it, like yeah. honestly, like, yeah. that's well, how sure. it works. Like
1: Mario is do- Han Solo. Yeah. Right. Like also Han Solo in Star Wars video games is Han Solo. Video I mean, games. Like, so so is like is like say a Cliff Blazinski like uh, Michael Bay like there are so there are not a lot of auteurs in the triple a space
3: yeah i mean if i were to sid try to think meyer? of something i would think of like i don't know steven spielberg and will Wright. will
2: Wright, yeah. i think will Wright, steve and like sid meyer are two people i mean in part because sid meyer puts his fucking name in the game the name american of the american mcgee <laughs> yeah uh,
1: american mcgee's sid Meier's <laughs> a quentin tarantino film so I, mean, I think that John Carpenter's of American McGee's Sid Meier's <laughs>
3: American uh, McGee and John Carpenter are actually a pretty good match
2: too yeah. directors directors and and the like high profile named developers I think yeah potentially but but like, actors Tarantino I think you have to compare and, them to characters uh, in the video game Suda
0: 51 for example or yeah so I think Mario
2: was pretty fucking famous
1: yeah right like but I don't know I mean I don't know who knows who Suda 51 is right like
0: uh, yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking less in terms of fame and more in terms of style. Yeah. Like, is is Suda yeah.
1: Fifty One the Balthazar Getty of of video <laughs> games? Like, is you know, is is Cliff Blazinski less of a Michael Bay and more of a Miguel Ferrer? Well, like,
3: uh, the the metaphor doesn't really work because like there aren't more famous people than Cliff Blazinski to compare him to. Aren't there? I mean, there there are, but not, like, orders of magnitude, like in the examples you're giving from the movie space. Sure. I mean, I get...
1: video
2: games have also been around a third as long, a quarter as long as movies. I, I, I right? think it's
3: more important that we just don't – you don't see the the developer's name on the box, right? Usually. You don't see it in marketing. You don't see
2: people, boxes anymore. People aren't
3: – well, people don't <laughs> – sure. People don't – promote the game using the, the designer's name like they do with movies and that wasn't something that m- just happened in movies, that was something that the creators actually fought to di- fought to have was right. billing before we, the title we almost
0: know? had that and then John Romero attempted and failed to make us all his bitch and it seems like that has not been done as much since then
2: <laughs> what, 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 what are you referencing? Di- the ad di- campaign Dicantan- for Daikatana yeah, which turned oh. out to
0: be an absolutely terrible game
1: did it? Wow. I don't actually know. Oh yeah. It's garbage. Like I I'm led to believe that, but like I, yeah, I, I you know, I'm, I I'm led to believe that by the same mechanism that leads me to believe that the E. T. Atari game is the worst video game in the world, which it is demonstrably fucking not. <laughs> is this is this so, just a
2: video game about like Chinese radishes or something? Like, no, it's it's
1: a Daikatana Dai was like the super powerful sword in their D and D campaign. Ah, okay. And like the, it was like a thing that they were taught, like it would have been in doom if it had made any sense for swords to be in doom. I see. Um, and yeah, it was just,
3: yeah, it, it was a like a quick two engine first person shooter with a sword. Okay. And it had it's a like bunch of person slicers. Possibly. I think there, I think you had guns too. Yeah. Um, there were like NPCs that there were, there were a lot of features that were like know, really cool on paper yeah. and not really good in implementation. Yeah.
1: They sort of like when that team split. Like Romero made Daikatana, and then the other guy, Tom Hall, made Anachronox. Yeah, right. Oh wow. And
2: I don't Anachronox is crazy. Was it good? I don't know. I don't know. It's I, like, I've, crazy.
3: I've heard nothing but good about Anachronox. I've never played it. Yeah, I is haven't it either. I bought
1: out? it and down. Oh yeah, it's it, it was from the nineties. It's so. from the nineties. Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, oh. it came out around the same time as Daikatana, oh. which is like just post Quake, right? Huh. And but I'm
2: not thinking. I'm thinking of something else.
1: I think that Romero used the Quake 2 engine to make Daikatana even though he was no longer at id That's when correct, the Quake yeah. 2 engine was developed. Um, I'm basing this on my sort of fuzzy memories of having read Masters of Doom. Yeah. Most people would not have read that book in the same way that most people would not read a book about movies. <laughs> like, I don't know. They might read a novelization of a book. Most people would read the novelization of Gears of War. <laughs> hmm. if you could convince people to read, like, All Quiet on the Western Front by telling them it was a novelization of a Call of Duty game. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you could trick kids into... I would
3: love to play a Call of Duty game that was actually set in an accurate World War I trench. That would be amazing.
0: That would be interesting. Like a
3: lighter carving minigame? Sure. (laughs) You know what might work if you compare um, game composers to film composers? Okay. I think... Probably approximately the same huh. percentage of game players know about the composers as the ge- film goers go know about the film composers.
0: Huh. So like Akira Yamanoka to what? see I now I can't even think of his name the guy that does Star Wars John Williams John Williams yeah. so
1: Danny Baranowski is the John Williams of video games <laughs> uh, but yeah. no he's not I mean like like of indie
3: filmmaking
1: right so like Danny Baranowski is the Danny Elfman. Of having a last name that
3: starts with B I, instead of E. I've e. actually <laughs> had that specific thought. Um, I was compared um, the pairing of, of Tim Burton and Danny Elfman to the pairing of Edmund McMillan and Danny Baranowski in my head. Oh, man. Mm. And now they've gotten in a fight. And who's the who's the Johnny Depp in this case?
1: Oh. Phil Fish. <laughs>
3: Clearly. <laughs> uh,
1: Dennis Dyack is
3: the Kevin Smith? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is this oh man, is Dennis, going
3: nowhere, guys. Dennis Dyak is considerably, or at least presents as considerably crazier. Like I was super, like I mean, it, listening to him, it really sounds more like a like a pro wrestler promo, where like. The guy gets in front of the camera and just trash talks his opponent for thirty seconds, and ends with a, just a, a like a flex and a grunt. That's and and I was like really happy when um the the lawsuit uh, with with Epic cleared, and we could hear Dennis Dyak rant again, but he had toned it down by then. Was he not allowed to rant? He was not allowed to speak?
1: That <laughs> was the matrix I, I think, clause in the lawsuit.
3: <laughs> I, I think he... I mean, I think that's just normal for when you're in... Undergoing legal action. Oh, so he, he could have
1: ranted about others. He probably just ranted that's probably about... probably true. You know, minorities or something as opposed to... <laughs> whatever about too human made him angry. Ah, uh, well, guys... If somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail question, Kevin, how would they do it?
2: They could tweet us, at VGHotDog. They could email us, VGHotDog at gmail.com. Or they could go to our website, VideoGamesHotDog.com. VideoHotDog.Games.Dog.com. Di-
1: dot <laughs> we don't actually own any of those. Oh, find us online at CatFancy.com. It's yep. got to be for sale pretty soon. <laughs>
3: Oh man, somebody snapped that up.
1: Guys, I've had a fantastic time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us, and until you do, keep your toe on the bed, and keep selling the bookshelf.
2: Have a great week, everybody.
0: Good night.
3: See you next week. Fancy. Video.
1: dot Hot. dot Dennis. dot Games dot Dennis fancied dog dot asshole.